Welcome to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacy Gotsoulias, but you can call me Stace, just like my friends do, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts or at the Locked On Yankees handle, which is simply Locked On Yankees. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either account, and I will be sure to answer them. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. It's a new year, and we have Yankees news to discuss, including arbitration results, Aaron Judge getting a nice raise, Brett Gardner's deal, and much more. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. So Happy New Year. I know it's been a while since you've heard from me. I took a break over the holidays and then had microphone issues because of course I did. Um, I'm recording on a brand new mic thanks to my generous family and hopefully everything sounds okay. Well, I guess I'll find out when I edit this. So let's talk about all the arbitration stuff that happened over the weekend because the Yankees came to an agreement with all nine players who were arbitration eligible. So here are the amounts. Gary Sanchez got $5 million. Gary! Gio Urshela got $2.475 million. James Paxton got $12.5 million. Jordan Montgomery, $805,000. Luis Sessa, $895,000. Chad Green, $1.275 million. Jonathan Holder, $750,000. And Tommy Canely, $2.65 million. Now, I left one guy off the list because he got the biggest payday, and that would be Aaron Judge, who got $8.5 million, which is still a bargain for the Yankees when you think about Aaron Judge and how good he is. Now, Paxton, his raise was more than 45%. Last year, he earned $8.575 million, and then he went 15-6 and six with a 3.82 ERA in 29 starts and got a nice bump. Now, Sanchez earned $669,800 in 2019, and now he's getting paid $5 million in 2020, so good for you. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Gio Urshela also got a nice bump. He earned $555,000 in 2019, and he had an amazing season. In 132 games, Urshela batted 314 with 34 doubles, 21 home runs, 74 runs batted in. He had an 889 OPS. Wow. No one expected that. (laughs) Chad Green also had a nice bump because last year he earned 598,650 and now he's up above $1.2 million. And he earned it after having a rough start to his season. He did really well down the stretch. So good on you. Um, Again, Aaron Judge, he is Um, a candidate for a long-term extension. Now, let's all cross fingers and toes and legs and eyes and every body part that you can cross that Judge stays healthy in 2020 and doesn't have some sort of fluky injury happen. So everyone knock on wood right now and let's light some sage, spread it around, make sure that Judge is okay in 2020. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. While I was away, they announced opening day, March 26th, 
against Baltimore at 3.05 p.m. March 26th feels really early. You never know what the weather is going to be like. Yesterday in New York, it was around 70 degrees. It's January. And then the middle part of the country was cold. If you watched the football games yesterday, well, Green Bay is always cold, so that's not unexpected. It was 23 degrees at the time the game started, but it was also chilly in Kansas City. Parts of Texas got snow. I think Arkansas got snow. And I feel like March is one of those months that you just don't know what the weather's going to be like. It could be on March 26th, it could be 70 degrees or it could you could have a blizzard. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I mean, as much as I love baseball and I feel like winter is the worst because there is no baseball and you would think that I would rather have opening day early, but I feel as if a lot of the games early in the season are going to be weather delayed. Does that make sense? I think that makes sense. We'll see what happens. Who knows? You can't predict the weather, just like you can't predict baseball, Susan. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Yankees. The Yankees finally made it official. Brett Gardner will be coming back in 2020. And if he does well in 2020, he could be back in 2021. So Gardner received a $2 million signing bonus. He'll be paid an $8 million salary for 2020. And the option in 2021 is valued at $10 million with a $2.5 million buyout. Corresponding move was that the Yankees designated left-hander Stephen Tarpley for assignment. Tarpley logged a 6.93 ERA in 21 appearances last season. He owns a 5.88 ERA over 31 career appearances from 2018 to 2019. So more on Gardner. I will say, I am happy that the Yankees signed him again. I couldn't picture him going anywhere else. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that in past podcasts where I couldn't imagine... Brett Gardner somewhere else, but I could imagine other players somewhere else. By the way, I did predict that Dylan Batances would stay in the East, although now he's in the NL East with the Mets. I said the Mets are the Phillies. I'm pretty sure I included the Mets in my scenario for Batances. So I'm happy he stays in New York. I'm bummed that he's not a Yankee anymore, but I understand the Yankees' reasoning, I think. <laughs> And I wish him good luck with the Mets, just not when they play the Yankees. Now back to Gardner. I would just like to mention that I've seen Brett Gardner hit at least three walk-off hits during his career in person. I also watched him hit a game-tying home run on September 1st against the A's. That was the game when the A's went up 4-0, then the Yankees cut it to 4-3 in the bottom of the 8th, and then in the bottom of the ninth. Brett Gardner hit the game-tying home run, and Mike Ford hit the game-winning home run. And I saw Brett Gardner hit a walk-off single against the Red Sox a week after he was called up by the Yankees in 2008. And I also saw him hit a walk-off against Detroit in 2013. That was the game when Mo gave up back-to-back -back home runs. I want to say it was to Miguel Cabrera and maybe Victor Martinez. 
why can't I remember who the other guy was? It was one of those things that was, it was so shocking. And it was Mo's last season. And, you know, it was around the time when What's Wrong With Mo Week happens, usually. It was just so shocking to see him give up back-to-back home runs and allowing the Tigers to tie the game in the top of the ninth. And then Brett Gardner came up and hit a walk-off home run into the right field, into the short porch. I think it was the short porch, or was it the second deck? Now I have to think. Hold on. It was almost seven years ago, and I'm getting old. But um, yeah, that was exciting. (laughs) And that was... Actually, I think he hit two walk-offs that series. He had the walk-off on the Friday night game and then the Sunday game that I went to. So Brett Gardner has been a great Yankee. He really has. And like I've said, ad nauseum, he's a leader in that clubhouse. So I'm so happy that he will be back with the Yankees in 2020. He certainly earned it in 2019. He had a hell of a season with all those home runs. Um, We'll see what happens this season if the balls are changed and um, if those home runs that he hit turn into fly ball outs or maybe doubles instead of home runs. Now, even though he's not a, a Yankee anymore, I would love to mention that Greg Bird posted some pictures on his Instagram and he is really taking this whole not being a Yankee anymore thing seriously because he has the beginnings of a mullet and he has full facial hair, beard. It's not a big beard yet. And I don't envision him doing that. I don't think that big bushy beard would work on his face. Some guys can pull off that look. Sean Doolittle, he looks good with a bit of a bushy beard. His beard isn't to the point where he needs to cut it because it looks like animals are living in it. And this could also just be, it's a winter thing and a lot of guys just let their beards grow in the winter and then they shave for the season. You know, not every non-Yankee has a beard. It's not like the entire league has bearded players and the Yankees are the only guys who are clean cut. You know, some guys can't grow beards. I probably could grow a beard better than some of the guys in baseball because I'm Greek and Italian. I don't know why I'm bragging about that. But anyway, I think the the mullet was cracking me up the most about Greg Bird. Um, you know, not a giant mullet. It looked, he looked like guys that I went to high school with in the late 80s who were about to grow out their hair. And it just really, like, if you cut Greg Bird's head out of that picture and placed it into a 1989 yearbook, he would fit in perfectly. So it is 2020, it's the winter, and now that all the arbitration stuff has been worked out, and we have about a month before pitchers and catchers are to report to camp, this will be a slow news period. So I would like to tell you my plans for the podcast. I am going to try and record every single day, Monday through Friday, weekends off, obviously. My plan is to pick random Yankee games from throughout the years. So I may be going back to 60s and 70s and 80s and just talk about them. We'll have fun with that because I like doing it, especially when I read off the lineups and name guys that you don't remember were ever Yankees, especially in the 90s. You think that you'd remember all of the World Series winning players, and then you look at a lineup and think, wait a minute, who is that? So we'll have some fun with that. And I'm sure there will be news that I can report between now and when pitchers and catchers report. Hopefully it'll be good news. 
And so, yeah, those are my plans. Um, I hope you all stick with me during this time and we'll have some fun. Now, one more thing before I go, I have to mention this because it was just such a strange thing. But yesterday, just before I woke up, I had a dream that I was sitting on the edge of a bed watching TV and all of a sudden someone grabbed me and held on to me to cuddle. And it was Garrett Cole. I don't know what that means. <laughs> we were clothed. Thank you. I was wearing a sweatshirt and jeans and so was he. And I, I just, I don't understand. It came out of nowhere. I have no idea why Garrett Cole was in my brain or why I would dream about him at all. But I thought it was really funny. And I woke up basically with a Scooby-Doo face. Like, her? Like, I just didn't understand what was going on. Now, I will say the last time I had a dream about snuggling with a Yankee player, it was Jabba Chamberlain. And that dream also came out of nowhere. And I really hope that this doesn't mean that Garrett Cole is going to be bad for the Yankees. So let's all knock on wood again and light some sage and do whatever we need to do to get that bad juju out. So let's just hope that Garrett Cole has a great 2020 and that he helps the Yankees win a World Series. So that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Monday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.